you have a long-term goal 15 years from now, I want them to be walking with the Lord. And so we messed up today, but we, tomorrow is new and we're going to stumble. But that doesn't mean that we failed. We just keep, we keep trying and God will enable us. You're listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. We're unpacking a simple question this season. What kind of church is Gospel City? Our lead pastor, Micah Klutnati, has set a vision for us to be known as a family church, a missional church, an equipping church, a worshiping church, and a simple church. We're continuing to look at what a family church is, and this episode features some good friends of Gospel City, Wes and Carrie Ward. Wes currently serves as the VP of Moody Radio. Before that, he was the pastor of ministry development here. And more importantly than that, he's a man who loves the Lord and has raised four kids with his amazing wife, Carrie, who is the author of Together, Growing Appetites for God. Our hosts, Aaron and Michelle, are talking with them today about family discipleship in real life and how the family of God plays a part in that. Let's jump into that conversation right now. Wes, Carrie, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, thank you. Yeah, of course. Tell us how long you've been at Gospel City, and then maybe tell us about your family. <laughs> okay. Um, we've been here since September of 2017, and um, our family, when we came in 2017, our family looked different than it does now because of time. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that happens. But Carrie and I have been married uh, for 30 years as of this last December, and... Um, what else? We have four children. Yeah. Um, boy, girl, boy, girl. Yeah. Um, right now they're 20 to 25. And so. Um, and Facebook reminds us every day of what it used to be like through the mm-hmm. Facebook memories. Because the time hop. Yes. Yeah. Like, look at how cute your kids yeah. were. So like <laughs> yesterday was we were all playing putt-putt in, in Mishawaka. And, the you know, the kids were really cute and they're just so different. Now two of them are married. Yeah. And uh, so it's a very different kind of experience now, but it just seems like it was yesterday. Mm. So if you're listening and you've got kids in that zone, go hug them right now because <laughs> they're going to be 22 in three yeah. days. So. <laughs> quickly. Um, okay, so I also know your kids, two kids got married while you guys are, have been here at Gospel City. Um, and now you're expecting to be, not you, Carrie, <laughs> you are expecting to be a grandmother, right? A grandma, a yes, grandpa. Have you guys yes. picked your names yet? Like, are you No, gonna... and they keep, uh, they keep asking what we want to be called, what our grandma name is going to be. And I'm like, just don't call me. You know, I... Well, I shouldn't say what I don't want to be (laughs) (laughs) There are certain ones that I'm just like, don't use that one. And then I'm okay with grandma. You know, I'm fine with the normal. That's a rare woman who can can take that. Uh, We became grandparents the last two years, and we let them name us. Mm -hmm. Um, It ended up being Ama and Pop Pop right now. And uh, the oldest one does get to be the one who gets to to name you. So. It is important, but I thought that was kind of fun. We we yeah. waited and let them name us. So my, I let my nephew name me, my first nephew, as an aunt, and I'm Nanu to their family. Oh. So they call me Nan. I don't even know where it came from, but I'm Nanu. <laughs> so now, it's now fun. Now you're Nanu to all of us. Yes. That's right. So. If you call me Nanu, I may or may not answer. So, well, so today we're talking about family discipleship, and that can take on a very like people hear the word family discipleship, and they might think of a very like specific scenario, sitting down maybe after dinner with the Bible open and doing family discipleship. And I know 
because I talk to a lot of moms that that is not ever how it works. I was actually just having a conversation with two moms last night and they're like, oh, I had these grand plans for discipling my toddler. <laughs> you can imagine how that went, <laughs> right? Um, so we've invited the wards on because um, you guys have great kids. We love your kids. So you must've done something right. And Michelle Helmkamp also, you've got great kids and they all are walking with the Lord. And so let's talk about family discipleship in your homes. So Carrie, tell us a little bit about how you were intentional in family discipleship. Well, um, we were talking about this on the way here, actually, that we didn't do, we didn't have the family worship. Like (laughs) we often hear people and we kind of feel like was, you know, we didn't do that very well, but at the same time, we did what worked for, with our family. Mm-hmm. We did what worked for us and our personalities and the, the, the personalities of our children. And so, so basically, um, I just, you know, we talked about it freely. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. We, it was a part of our conversation uh, constantly. And I came from a home where you didn't talk about spiritual things. Oh. So Wes was much more... Um, that was much more normal for him. Okay. And so he made it very comfortable for us to have those conversations ongoing um, and to make that a part of everyday life. That's awesome. And um, I don't know how far you want me to no, go it's great. with this. But. It's great. So that was something that was normal for you growing up, Wes? Yeah. So, yeah, my dad and my mom just, we, you know, we were at church every time the door is open. We um, did a lot of um, churchy things, mm-hmm. you know, my dad, uh, went to men's breakfasts and so I would go with him or we would go do some kind of service project and I would go with him. And there was a lot, and, and my dad just passed away in, in the summer. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we talked about, my nephew talked about, and I talked about was riding in my dad's, uh, red mm-hmm. pickup truck, mm-hmm. straddling the gear. Cause, and, <laughs> and we would put our hand on the gear and he would teach us how to shift the gear. Mm-hmm. I remember learning things like that and learning things about the Lord and about faith in that red pickup truck. So mm-hmm. it, it was just life and faith, um, funny things on TV and in our home and faith. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of, everything was sort of weaving in and out and it was just normal to do that. And like when Carrie and I started dating, I think we were drawn to each other because we saw something about faith in our lives mm-hmm. and that was normal for us. And then when we uh, finally had uh, family and children later, normal was just the Lord. Mm. And, and so a trajectory. And so, um, we didn't like follow a book. We just yeah. sort of got up every day and followed the Lord. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's super good. That's not dissimilar to how the Lord led Matt and I, and I just think of Deuteronomy six there as you walk and as you talk. Yeah. And uh, we kind of had a rule of you wouldn't go alone, like especially Matt on Saturday morning. He wouldn't go alone, you know, to the hardware store. Um, He would take a child and walk and talk and and in the natural course of conversation. Um, And there were fewer books back then. Mm -hmm. We're going to resource you with a lot of great books, but there were fewer books. Um, But just that modeling, um, what were you in the word in that day? And I think that, um, that initial, like starting, uh, your day in the word and them seeing that. I know for me from growing up that made an imprint. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, we kind of have a little joke. So I, you know, you like to have your living room cleaned up. My husband did his, his, um, quiet time in the living room and left his Bible out. 
not in a way, not in a way like, you know, it talks about in the Old Testament, don't pray in public, you know, for, for accolades and things like that. But um, so that they would see it, it's, it's, a, it's a foundational truth that, you know, you could, dad was in the word today. I always knew my dad was a man of prayer. Um, and could go to him in those ways, less formal. Again, I don't mm. think I was even introduced to the idea of family worship mm. until coming to this church. And then Don Whitney's book on that, you know, read, pray, sing. Mm-hmm. What a mm-hmm. simple model. Mm. Um, you you said that some of the moms have had struggle yeah. with that a little bit. We <laughs> give out a family worship to our kids in elementary, and I've heard some of those stories too of like literally they have to put one kid on one couch and one kid on another <laughs> just to, to, to have it be not fighting. Um, but you work with that. You mm. okay? So, so when they're strapped in in the car, read, pray, sing in the car. You know those kind of mm-hmm. things. It doesn't have to look like what you think the traditional sit down, um, uh, formal thing anymore. Like a structured. Here's how you you know like sure read, pray, sing, but you don't have to do it in ten minutes in this space. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. um, Instagram ready. Right? Well, I think we put a lot of pressure on each other that it has to be something. And then when you see on a Sunday or in somebody else's life or on mm-hmm. Instagram, oh, it, I, I don't even feel like I can do it that way. Yeah. And I, would, I would also interject that um, you and your husband came from different backgrounds. And like I just said, yeah. my family didn't really talk about spiritual yeah. things. And my mom was a believer. We went to church every Sunday. But my dad needs a relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. even today. Mm-hmm. And so... He was just reluctant to be open about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. It was an emotional thing for him. It mm-hmm. still is. Mm-hmm. And so um, that just wasn't something that was a comfortable conversation. So when you're coming into marriage and you're having your own children, um, you can learn a lot from the other sp- spouse, their backgrounds, Absolutely. their um, just the way they were raised. And, and, and also you can break the cycle mm-hmm. of, the way you were raised, you can make it a more open conversation. Yeah. You don't have to keep on that same path. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of coming together and, and, and raising your own families. You get to make those decisions together and it's just an important conversation to have with your spouse. Like, how are we going to do this? And I love what all three of you said about just, if you just live your life walking with Jesus and you invite along your kids, they see Mm. it. And some of, I think, what each of you um, have said and also what I've seen in each of your lives and in your kids' lives and your kids' relationships with their grandparents, too, and then now your grandkids with you, Michelle, um, is that there is true relationship there. Mm-hmm. And so you're not like, like, I, I've heard stories of kids, and we know so many people who've walked away from the Lord because they were forced into, all right, sit down on the couch and we're going to read the Bible together. Because uh, there wasn't like a, a a joy in a relationship in that space. And so I just love each of you just sharing like how it's been really organic and in the moments when you're at the grocery store or anything like that. So um, the modeling, you- I mean, all, all statistics say, you know, we hear the bad things about kids leaving um, the church. And unfortunately, they're true. And the pandemic, it's it's worse since then. But here's a key is when we model true relationship with Christ and live it out in a warm family relationship. Mm-hmm. That is where we see kids staying and growing and making their faith their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we, when we, we've kind of taken people off the hook a little bit and been like, Oh no, you don't have to have a plan. You do need a plan, but more importantly than plan, you need to live it out. Mm-hmm. Um, much better that, 
that you um, would be informal in your training, but mm. authentic mm. than to have a catechized plan and not live it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we, I, we were always mm-hmm. concerned that we didn't want to make um, legalists, yeah, which, right. that you could do that. And I think that I think we've done a decent job of just being very, you know, not just relational, but um, open about what's working and not working mm-hmm. in the family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're struggling with quiet time, like part of Carrie's story is that she struggled with quiet time. Mm-hmm. And then learning with the kids became a method for her to be consistent in the word. And then, oh, look what how God mm-hmm. used that, mm-hmm. you know. Carrie, would you tell us a little bit about your journey with your kids in that and how sure. God led you? Sure. Um, I I had always, I, I came to faith as a child. I was like nine and had been in church, um, had been active in college with, you know, um, ministries. and um, But I had always struggled to have a personal quiet time. It just was something, I was a slow reader. Um it was just overwhelming to me, and I just always struggled. And uh, Wes was much more consistent. Uh, when we got married, it was something that I wanted, and we were in church regularly, and I was being discipled, but I just was struggling for that personal time. And so we started having children, and I knew that um, I knew that I wanted them in the Word. I knew that I wanted to be consistent in the Word. Someone gave us a book called Leading Little Ones to God, which is somewhat dated <laughs> now, but it was very helpful. It was dated then, <laughs> but it was very helpful. And I did that first. And we walked, it was like 80 some lessons, and we walked through all those lessons. And after that, I was like, Now, the kids, by the way, at this age, they weren't, they weren't, um, they, they were weren't all sitting there being super no, attentive. No, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> and these were very short lessons. Okay. And there was a song and a verse attached to each lesson. And it was actually really good format. Um, it's just a little dated. I didn't know, you know, half the songs. But, <laughs> but uh, we worked through that. And we would just be sitting in the living room floor. Um, you know, it would be up and down. It would be messy. We might be snacking or something. But after that, I really wanted to do something else. And I was looking at children's Bibles, and I was looking, and I was like, I really want one that has more stories. <laughs> and then I thought, why don't I just read the Bible <laughs> to them? And so I actually did the math on how long I thought it would take because I factored in vacations and all this <laughs> stuff. And six I days. And six <laughs> days, yeah. And I, t- I approached Wes and said, you know, what do you think about this? I really want to do this. And he was like, "Go for it." She 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 thought it would take eight years. And I had factored to get through the Bible once. I had factored that it would take eight years because I was going to do it Monday through Friday, one chapter a day. And this would be like I would go to work usually early. I think I was in Chicago, or I don't remember where we were, but might have been here. I think we were in Little Rock at the time. So anyway, but (laughs) I I would leave go go to work early, and then she'd have these four little people. You know, yeah, I had three at the when I started. I was going to say, what were their ages when you started? When I started, I don't. I actually didn't mark the days. Okay, so <laughs> I know that Benjamin was still in the high chair. Okay, so I'm thinking it was like six months or maybe nine months, somewhere in that range. Okay, um, so Graham would have been like four, four and Maggie would have been two and a half, maybe. So very Benjamin's small, little, yeah, high chair. And mm-hmm. I just asked Wes about it, and he was like, go for it. If you think you can do it, go for it. 
And um, so I had factored that it was going to take us eight years. And so I just sort of threw that piece of paper away. (laughs) Don't think about that. And then um, so we got up and started. And the first day was like chaos. It was just like, what am I doing? I've got to be kidding. And then the second day was chaos. It was just like, get me more food, messy, not paying attention. And the third day, just as bad, just as chaotic. Um, I say bad, but just as, you know, hectic Mm -hmm. and seemingly pointless. Okay. And then we closed the Bible and I was cleaning up the dishes and they went in the living room and Graham and Maggie played what we had just read. Mm, They acted it out. (laughs) And I was like, even if they don't seem to be paying attention, Mm -hmm. they're hearing what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. They're hearing it. And from that day on, honestly, I can honestly say, and it's amazing because I'm not a terribly disciplined person, (laughs) but uh, there was not one day I didn't want to read mm. uh, from that day mm. on. And we ended up reading like not everybody was still along with me, but I ended up reading because I homeschooled and I could do it this way. I ended up reading together in the morning for 15 years. 15, I was going to say, did you make it to your eight years? But you <laughs> you passed it. I it's passed amazing. it. And we read through the first time in five years. So it awesome. didn't take quite eight. How many oh, times cool. did you go through? Uh, about four and a half before people got flew the coop. Dispersed yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a really cool. I've read your book and I've loved all the little stories about just how like that story you share about like them acting it out and them knowing scripture so well. Um do you uh did any of that print, like reading the Bible through did you see any of that in the effects of like when they came to Christ and like their understanding of the gospel? I mean, I really think it did. I can't say that it was this particular moment or this particular day that we were reading. I think it was just, I feel like a foundation of scripture was mm-hmm. being laid. And I would read, and then often in the evening, I had a little McShane mm-hmm. um, Bible plan. We weren't mm-hmm. following that plan, but I would just check off what we had read so that Wes would know. There would be conversation at, at the table about in the evenings about what we had read that day. And um, there would be a lot of back and forth or questions throughout the day. And so I really feel like it was a foundation that then, you know, faith comes from hearing. So I mm-hmm. feel like they were hearing mm-hmm. and then God just produced. I feel like what Carrie fruit. gave for me as dad is just, we became a Bible home mm-hmm. and it was in the air. And then God does what God does with circumstance. Yeah. And there was just so many times where it was like that applies to this, or and and or, uh, and now they're. It's interesting having been super saturated in it. Their Bible recall is so. I I'm I can't do what they can. Mm-hmm. Carrie and the kids they're like in walking concordance, <laughs> but it's not. Um, the other thing that we didn't want to do was to be a home where it was just trivia. Right. So um, parts of my my dad I really. I think I was, I benefited greatly from my dad, but, um, and I like trivia, so I could tip that, but I felt like sometimes it was more trivia than heart. Mm-hmm. And so, um, not all, but you know, I'm, I'm grateful that the Lord used circumstances and what Carrie mm-hmm. was doing, that it, it was Bible and heart mm-hmm. and not just heady stuff. Mm-hmm. And I needed it as much as they needed it. Yeah. So while God was working on them, he was also working on me mm-hmm. because there was often times where we came across something I had never read before. So mm-hmm. it was new for me as well as them. Mm-hmm. And almost every day I prayed 
that we would understand more than I thought we were capable of, that we would remember more than I thought Mm -hmm. we were capable of, and that we would believe Mm. what we read. And I really feel like God answered those prayers. And one of the things that um, often young moms ask Carrie about is what about the one that just looks like he's totally spaced (laughs) out? Yeah. And, um, and we had, (laughs) <laughs> we don't name we names. Don't, don't, don't count names. how many you had either. <laughs> had <those>. Benjamin. <laughs> well, and it would depend on the day. Too. Mm. But but, yeah. but over time, I mean, they. I think what you did is you just said, okay, that's that's you know, boys aren't meant to sit all the well, time. Well, he, he's a he was more of a hands-on learner mm. mm-hmm. anyway, so he might need Legos at the table, or he might need. At one point, I remember him balancing on a soccer ball beside the table, and I said, "Stay in the room," you know. And, you know, but he then he'd stop and ask a question. So I knew he was paying attention, <laughs> but he just needed something active to mm. do. I grew up in a family of girls and then I had primarily boys three out of four. <laughs> and Matt would come home as a boy and he'd see them and he's like, have you sent them outside today? And I'm like, no. He's like, send them outside. I'm like, it's 30 below. It doesn't <laughs> make them run around. But I just think about that, you know, as you walk and as you talk, you can be taking a family walk through mm-hmm. the woods and mm-hmm. be talking or singing or reciting and 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 allowing for them to be children. Mm-hmm. The goal is not like you were said said was head knowledge. The goal is that they would worship mm-hmm. um, the Creator, that they would love God, that they would grow up to marvel at Him, and um, that that's what we're going for. Another thing I wanted to follow back up with is you said you don't know when it happened, and I don't know <laughs> if you meant. It could be their their salvation, or it could be it started to sink in or not. But I do want to speak a little bit to raising kids in a family where they always know the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's something we need to think about um, as as parents, um, because that it's wonderful to always know the good news that there there is an answer for our sin. The hard part of that that I found in children's ministry is that until you understand the bad news, you can't understand mm-hmm. how good the good news is. Um, and my concern is, especially after things like VBS and things like that, where we give an invitation and kids respond to the gospel, that we never go and mark. We, we want to see that there has been a heart change. Mm-hmm. We want to see evidence of fruit. And yet I absolutely believe that God works in the heart of children and that a child um, can, can, so I call it saying yes to what they understand. You want to talk at all about that of where, what parenting your kids progressively through a growing understand of, understanding of Jesus as their Savior and Jesus as their Lord, maybe. One of the things that I think about that is if uh, I think both Carrie and I are fairly emotional people, um, I may be more in certain ways and you may be more in different kinds of ways, but I think we both get choked up over the gospel mm-hmm. and, I, and I think we try to mm-hmm. like let the kids see that mm-hmm. because why we often talk about why us mm-hmm. and 7 billion people on the mm-hmm. planet, why did the Lord let us know? about his good news. And like, I remember, um, when we would, you know, in the church that we were at before coming to gospel city, small, they didn't really have, uh, all, they did not have a Michelle Helm camp. Let me say that. (laughs) And everything that comes with, with, uh, with that. Um, and so, uh, they were with us in the worship services. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, sometimes you're sitting on them to try to like, you know, keep them uh, <laughs> calm or whatever. But I remember holding them when they were little mm. and when we would sing songs that had the gospel in it. I loved, um, I loved being able to whisper in their ear mm-hmm. what that means for them. Mm, that's beautiful. And to be able to kind of have that mindset of, you know, Monday through Saturday as well as Sunday to mm-hmm. be able to connect why this is affecting my heart and why I want it to affect their heart. So I think the other things that we would incorporate would be life and then, but stories and bi- biographies and reading at night and some things like that. Well, and then there's also the real tool of when you mess up and you lose <laughs> your temper because they're not sitting still yeah. or they're not doing it the way you had in your head mm-hmm. that it would work out and you have to come back around and go, I messed up mm. and and be genuine and say, I, I fail. Mm-hmm. I'm a sinner and I need you guys to forgive me because I messed up and I had ample opportunity. <laughs> and I can't say that I always did it and I always did it right, but I know there were opportunities where I had to come back and say, you know, I was impatient. Mm-hmm. I lost my temper. I need you to forgive me and to model that I am a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. I can remember reading. um, There were several moments where I know things clicked in my kids as we were reading. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading. There's a passage, several chapters in Isaiah, where it's like um, an oracle to different cities and places. And we got to this one on Egypt. And it was basically very heavy reading. It was all the ways they (laughs) were going to be punished. Mm -hmm. And it was heavy reading. And we got to this one... A chapter on Egypt and in the middle of it it says that God sent a savior mm. and a defender mm-hmm. who and after they cried out to, to God he sent a savior and a defender and Graham just in his little he was probably I don't know he was very little he just couldn't contain it <laughs> and he just went yeah <laughs> and, and just the the after all the heaviness mm. of what we had read and then he realized he understood that, the bad news. Yeah. He understood. heard it and heard it, and he yeah. understood yeah. we need a savior. And mm-hmm. he just burst out with "Yay!" And it just it was convicting to me because mm-hmm. I was like, I need that kind mm-hmm. of a response mm-hmm. to the savior. And so times like that where I just saw it click mm-hmm. that yes, we are sinful, and yes, we do need a rescuer, a savior. Mm-hmm. And so with your question about you know when did the light come on for Jesus being savior and also Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, we would also ask them questions about, you know, who is saving you, what is saving you, what what doesn't save you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when, when you get into the questions of what doesn't save you, like my mom and dad don't save me, my good works don't save me, um, the church I go to doesn't save me, and you start saying what does save you, and then what are you saved from? <laughs> it gets lordship and salvation all mm-hmm. kind of together because you're like, I just throw up. I, I have to surrender everything to you, Lord. You own everything. Mm. And so I um, I think that then there was all, also a lot of Bible memory that was going on. Uh, we were doing Awana, and Awana is really great about um, salvation-specific verses. Yeah. And so there was good news and bad news in our home a lot with you know the clarity of mm. what the gospel is and isn't. Yeah, it's good. I, I will say I'm, I'm not a parent, and I... I'm actually super jealous of parents because 
for one for one reason, not more than one reason, but not for the, this reason in particular, diapers, not the, the diapers. diapers. <laughs> I'm really grateful that I don't have to do that and I get to sleep through the night. But I am jealous of the opportunity to daily disciple someone. Like you get like you they're there. They're yours to disciple and you have this opportunity to pour into the next generation. And the thing that's so valuable about that, not only that you're pouring into the next generation, but also you are reciting it to yourself too. And so when you say, okay, I was convicted by the things I was teaching my children. I hear moms say that all of the time. Like we're reading like a storybook and all of a sudden, you know, it's just working on my heart. And that's such a great thing. And, And it's just kind of a reminder for those of us that aren't raising kids, or maybe you guys are now past raising kids and you will have grandkids to read those fun books too soon. Um, but just the, I, the fact that as, um, we talk about church as family and how we can fill in the gaps for those of us that don't have that naturally in our homes. Um, we have opportunities for to serve and to disciple others, and it requires us to be learners um, of Jesus and to continue in our own discipleship. And I will actually say that everyone in this room has discipled me through your faithfulness to Christ and your growth. Um, so, and I've seen you do it to like Carrie, you serve in our student ministries and Wes, you're on the elder board and Michelle, you just do a lot more than just children's ministry here. Um, so I just think it'd be an interesting conversation to kind of, I don't know if I don't, don't want to jump out of talking about our kids yet, but just like how, um, being a good disciple maker makes us a good disciple maker at home, like being intentional in our church life, not waiting for it to you know, come to us, but to go and seek it out. I think we, we mentioned this last week um, in being a family church that it n- does not mean that we're child-centric. Admit, that's my natural bent, <laughs> love children, but we, we don't want to put the child at the center of our home, of our life. We want to put the gospel, we want Jesus Christ at the center. And so in thinking about that in this way, how can we model in ways that bring the kids along if we do have kids um, at, at home still, yeah. or how can we continue on? So you had four kids. We had four kids. We have raised them now. We're not on the shelf. I don't want to be on the shelf. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be on the shelf. Um, and and so doing that within the body of Christ as brothers and sisters in Christ, there's always going to be somebody um, coming behind who's a newer believer um, that we want to be bringing along. And there are so many ways. I mean, we have just, I, I just love Pastor Micah's um, uh, just vision for that. It is discipleship is not just for those that are on staff or right. our pastors or elders, um, that we are all to be uh, disciple makers. It's part of our core DNA. Um, one of the ways that, that we did that in the, in the home was, was by inviting people into our home mm. um, to live with us mm. um, was was one one of the harder ways. I'll admit, <laughs> you want to talk about sanctifying, yeah. <laughs> um, that can be hard to yeah. have. Uh, but you are living it, and then you're also passing on um, some of that. And and one here's just a fun story. You want to talk about church's family a little bit? I do. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, is so I had my pastor's daughter who would serve and come and be like a mom's helper for yeah. me when I had four young kids and Matt was working late. And um, now she's a mom in this church and she serves in all types of ways. Mm -hmm. And we've had fun conversations 
since then of things she observed that I had no, I mean, she was helping me, but she was seeing me mother. Mm-hmm. You want to know something really fun mm-hmm. is her mom was a spiritual mom to me. And I got to see before I was mom, her parenting. So that's kind of what we're going for here is spiritual uh, generations upon generations sh- showing the next generation how to love Jesus. And then it even can come back and bless you mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, now she is an adult, a peer of mine, um, a fellow sister in Christ. And, um, and actually there's all kinds of, of, um, interaction like that between our families, um, that we just think it's going to be really fun to be in heaven together. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I've seen the Wes and Carrie, you both have you have discipled me, Wes, you've discipled me a lot as an elder from the front. And just um, when you were on staff here, just a lot of conversations that always were super gospel centered. Um, And then Carrie, I've seen you serve and your kids serve too. Like that's what I'm seeing generationally in what you did as you brought your kids alongside with you. And that was one of the things I was going to mention is that um, very early in our previous church, if we did nursery duty, a kid would be in there with us. If we, um, you know, Wes had a job where it was um, acceptable to bring your children along with you to conferences and things, and they would go and serve, um, whether it would be at the bookstore bagging things that people purchased or whatever. Um, so they often served and served early and I think and that got them plugged in to the real workings of church Mm -hmm. and also it gave them an opportunity to be mentored excuse me also gave them an opportunity to be mentored by some other people who were um just (laughs) who became spiritual I don't know (laughs) mentors sort Mm -hmm. of it gave them an opportunity to see people in action serving mm-hmm. besides us also. So like Wes, um, like Graham did um, um, the audio or video or photography, and he would be with someone else older than him, but he was still pretty young when he was mm-hmm. doing it. So he would be following someone else and seeing them and yet serving on his own. Mm-hmm. And so we, we brought them early to serve in a variety of ways. And I think getting them plugged in helps them stay in yeah. and, and getting them the, involved. The family interconnectedness of that was, um, I mean, the, the avenue for a lot of it was service. And we kind of wanted to normalize. It wasn't so rigid, like, let's go serve the church. You know, we've got it. It was like, that's also, um, oftentimes we were like, and still are some of the last people to leave because mm-hmm. you're just, you know, like lingering mm-hmm. with that. But when you serve, you're kind of the first ones in, you're kind of in, in the know about what's going on. And exactly like when we started here at Gospel City, um, Emma came with, so I would go, we were doing like 15 services back in <laughs> 2017. It like it. I remember those days. And Emma, and I would come up here around 630 and Emma would come with me mm. and she just was my shadow during mm-hmm. that. And that was, part of that was she didn't know this church and she mm. was, she just, like Carrie said, we, she grew up. Uh, being a shadow and being with us, but serving became relational, relational yeah. became what it needs to be. I mean, and so, and we also have had a lot of singles in our home, you know, over the years. So they were always around someone that was older and now mm. they're kind of at that age mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's, I don't know, intergenerational was mm. kind of normalized, it seems. Mm. That's great. And I think when you invite them into service, like that's absolutely discipleship because we're modeling, we're serving because we love the church. We love the family. 
but it also gives you an opportunity to help your your kids find their giftings um, and to lean into and try things and be like, it's okay, you're a kid, so you can watch and you can try and you can fail a little bit and we'll keep working towards what you might be gifted in for the service of the body. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I thought I thought the words did an amazing I job agree. at that. I thought that was really mm-hmm. fun to see you guys be intentional with your kids, helping them um, get plugged into a new church when you came to a larger church and helping them find their place. I remember actually you and I talking about that, Wes, and it just impressed me the um, just the leadership you were taking mm-hmm. in that and taking it seriously. It wasn't just your job, your chair, your church as the parents that you took into account. It was it was a family decision to come here and that and I there's so much fruit in that. You just see how God had his hand in that. So that was cool. I think Emma's a good example of trying things yeah. and <laughs> finding your niche. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean she's one of those that she's a doer. And so she would often say, I just don't have my place. Everybody else has their thing mm-hmm. and I don't have my thing. And so coming with Wes and trying different things was actually really good for her to see both what she was gifted in, what she enjoyed, what she thrived in. I think it was it was just beneficial for her yeah. to see and to try different things. I think we can see out of this a lot of our conversation um, is it's just so ordinary. It's it's not it, it's it's just good um, just um, parenting by um, listening to the Lord and it's it's the modeling is important. One of the key aspects though, I think a couple of things is, is the, that intentionality. One is time. I think we've heard this said um, from the pulpit before, but if you are talking about on Saturday whether or not you're going to go to church tomorrow or not, you know, that that's not, it needs to be, you no, know, this is a time that we have set aside as a family for the Lord. It's in our regular rhythms. Um, and, and you win that battle before you let mm-hmm. it be a battle mm-hmm. would be, would be one of the thoughts. Cause I think that we've, 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 we've really done a good job of saying how you do this in the ordinary. But mm-hmm. one of those things is, is that. I don't one. know how, I mean, we're, every family's different. And for whatever reason we were blessed, we didn't have any church haters in the, <laughs> in the family and through, and I, I know you're, you're the. Uh, parenting expert here, Michelle, because, (laughs) but we, even though we were the parents, we were always friends. Mm. And I I know that there's some great things said about all that. You got to be careful about Mm. all of that, but they are, they are our best friends and they have been since they were little and we never stopped parenting and bossing them around when you need to (laughs) tell them what to do. But that, that friend, we tried to be a friend early just like if you're going to go to a, a missionary, uh, you know, if you're going to go Papua New Guinea, you've got to, you've got to make friends with them mm-hmm. before you actually can right. give them the gospel. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's different in, in parenting. You've got to, <laughs> you know, be someone that they want to listen to, be someone that they care about. I think the way we said it was we wanted to have their heart. Yeah. That if we had their heart, then that that was that was the pass off that Matt and I would have when he'd get home from work, and I I wouldn't say this person did that, this or that. Mm-hmm. Like okay, this person is um, they look like they're falling apart, but actually their heart is really good right now. Now this one, mm-hmm. and so we we would talk it in, about it in terms of heart, and I will say at this point, glory to God, they are our our best friends, and. Um, and there's just that vision. I, I gave that, this quote in the last one of that we will stand together one day, not as mm-hmm. mother and father, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, but as brother and sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's you. There, you've got to have that long term 
goal, mm-hmm. that long-term gain. It changes in the moment when it's hard. It changes, you know, do we just not stay home this morning? You know, if you're just choosing to live in the moment, yeah, you stay home and watch watch the service on TV in your pajamas. But if you have the end in mind of raising future brothers and sisters in Christ who are going to, um, you know, outlive you mm-hmm. <laughs> and parent your grandkids and teach them to go to church, mm-hmm. you go to church that morning, mm-hmm. you know. It also takes a little pressure off the day-to-day when you mess up. Yeah. Because you're going to mess up mm-hmm. and you're going to stumble and this day's not going to go well and you're going to skip the reading that you wish you had done. Something's going to happen along the way. But if you have a long-term goal that's like 15 years from now, I want them to be walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. With the Lord. And so we messed up today, but we, tomorrow is new mm-hmm. and we can start over just like we're forgiven. We can mm-hmm. forgive and start over and um, just our trajectory is in the right direction yeah. and we're just going to keep going and we're going to stumble, but that doesn't mean that we failed. We just keep, we keep trying and God will enable us. Mm-hmm. And he, um, he makes a lot of allowances <laughs> for our error and um, he walks with you. And so when you stumble, have that long-term view that to take some of the pressure off, I messed up, but mm-hmm. tomorrow's a new day mm-hmm. and I can go and again. And you live out the gospel for them. Right. You show them what it looks like to forgive and and then and then you move on. You don't get crushed under that with a weight of perfection. That's not what we want to model mm-hmm. to them. And so that's, again, that, that, that sanctifying, you know. Um, moment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there are some resources that we want to make sure. That Absolutely. We I think know. we've, we, what we've heard today is that family discipleship does not look the same for any family and that it takes intentional living. Um, and more of it really happens in the everyday versus sitting down with the resources. I do think, can I, can I interject? Yes, something? I do want to hear that. I do think that even though it takes, um, it looks differently, there are common building blocks that the Lord wants to have in our lives. I mean, obviously like we church was never a negotiable thing Mm -hmm. and it was just a reality. The word has to find Mm -hmm. its way Mm -hmm. into So whether I'm doing it the way you're doing it or somebody else, discipleship still means learning Christ. And how do you learn Christ? You got to do it in a community and you got to get into the word. And I, I think also, I just would throw this out. We've, we made questions asking questions to be a normal part of life mm-hmm. as well. And that, yeah. that draws out the heart, but it also allows us to um, find out how they're thinking about life and mm-hmm. discipleship. So. Mm. It gives them the freedom to ask questions and not feel like, um, not feel like they, you know, I'm just listening. I can't yeah. interject. And, and often they have questions that <laughs> I can't answer. And so you need to go tap yeah. into the resources yeah. and, you know, ask Wes when he gets home and, Okay, neither one of us know. We have (laughs) to go research and come back. I love it that you said that about asking questions because who do we want them to be asking? We want them to ask us as their parents. We want them to ask us in in church um, because we are going to go to the Word and give them the Word. We don't want them going to Google. Um, although we know they will, but, but, but where we do not actively on purpose disciple and open up conversation, even the awkward and some of those things, the culture will fill in. Right. Yes. So it's, it's a question of who's discipling our kids. Is it us? Is it our church or is it 
the culture. And, um, and, and if we don't know the answer, we say we don't know it, and then we go get the answer together. Yes. So mm-hmm. there's been a lot of that, too. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure with whatever resources you're about, to, I interrupt you. For <laughs> no, whatever resources, great. you're going to have the building blocks that we need. Well, I think that I love the question thing because um, I think you are a good learner when you're curious, right? And so if we just um, say, here's the answer and don't ask any questions, then mm-hmm. you're going to shut kids down. You're mm-hmm. going to shut disciple. You're going to shut down anybody. Um, and and it's true that, you know, they say that you are a disciple to something. And mm-hmm. you if you're not aware of what you're a disciple to, you're just following like a blind, I don't know if you're going to, what's the phrase? You're going to follow people off the edge of a cliff or whatever, <laughs> but you want to be aware of who you are, be, um, what you're being discipled by, because something is shaping us. Um, and as parents, we want to be as spiritual parents, I'm going to put myself in that bucket. Mm-hmm. We want to be the ones that can point, um, curious kids mm-hmm. and curious learners to, um, in the right direction. But yeah, Michelle, you have a list of some phenomenal resources. I do. We're just, <laughs> I just want to highlight one right now because okay. it's really been the focus of our conversation today. And shocker, the name of that book is Family Discipleship. It's by um, Matt Chandler and um, Adam Griffith. Griffin, excuse me. Uh, why would I say Griffith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, So we actually give that out at every baby dedication, and I'm giving it to these parents with a short little spiel while they're holding their babies, ready to go up there, just trying to keep them quiet. And I'm like, really, set aside a date night and talk. But it gives, it it is just a great short resource that helps you make a proactive plan. Um, You've heard us say that, yes, it's in the ordinary, but there needs to be a plan. Um, It talks about some of these things that we've talked about um, time, moments, milestones, and things like that that you can plan ahead for because some of it is just going to be in the ordinary, everyday um, uh, part of life. But then it's great to have a plan and know where you're going because remember we're trying to um, we, you know, equip our children to be lifelong learners of, of Jesus. So I would say if you haven't already gone through baby dedication, you can get one free <laughs> if you have another child. And if not, if Careful, you put it on you're the gonna shelf, you're going to add more babies to the nursery. Yeah, we've got enough. Um, but if you put it on the shelf, get it out and have a date night and and talk that through and and have a plan. And, um, and that'll be um, great. We've got some other resources we're going to list here. But later on in the season, we're going to talk about being an equipping church. Yep. And I think that we can go into those in more detail. Because we love to resource. Yes. Well, Carrie and Wes, do you have any specific resources that you would point um, parents to? Well, I, I would I, not necessarily, but uh, she might. But I just remembered that one of the things that kind of helped us kind of um, in our discipleship with our family. Do you remember when uh, you did the media and TV fast? Oh, yeah. That was was, was actually right before we started reading the Bible. I feel um, like God used that. We worked worked for Family Life, and they were encouraging all of their staff to take a 30-day fast from television. And uh, we decided to do it, and it was... Now, the the kids, by the way, were watching, like... Veggie tales. Right. It, it, was, okay. it was like, nothing bad. I mean, it, we weren't. Sure. It wasn't like but we were, were watching horrible things. But it is a consuming, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, um, medium. And mm. um, so we decided to to 
take a halt on TV for 30 days. And it really did change our home and the dynamic and the kids' interactions with each other and our interactions with them. And it was really, I mean, I, I could do it again. I should do it again. <laughs> but it was really life-changing mm-hmm. to shut everything down and, and engage with one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that also led into, God used several things to lead into us reading together, but... Um, that was one of the so things. So as a that when you were talking about resources, mm-hmm. I was I reminded myself <laughs> of that. There's you probably can go to Family Life and Google that and get that still. But basically, watch your screens and see what happens. Graham and Maggie discovered that they were brother and sister again during yeah. <laughs> because he could be very focused on it and she would want to play or something. But he was always very engaged very with with yeah. media and um, yeah, it just. It turned their attention, and I think almost like a sugar fast. It just gets yeah. it, yeah. Right. get it out. Yeah. You don't crave it your palate yeah. and mm-hmm. makes yeah. yeah. It really the, was a great. You crave some of the new. stuff that I think that you know the the New City Catechism is great. So Those good. kind of tools mm-hmm. are really good. And uh, thoughts for young men from mm-hmm. J.C. Ryle. Okay, uh, dead guy, but <laughs> you like the, the dead best. guys. Yeah, um, <laughs> Ryan Loving uh, and Wes and Sam Loving and Benjamin. When they were still in high school, we did uh, some regular breakfasts and mm. we would go through thoughts for young men. But I'm sorry, we did not get to this, but I want you to, uh, sorry, the time. And with, I know on Fridays, you've always had just a special time where you pick a kid and take him to lunch. And we, that's just gold. We got to, we got to come back to that. It's Could true. You? I think that I, well, that's what I mean. I see you do that and I'd love you to talk about that. But I also see your kids do that with your grim, your parents. And yes. like that kind of generational like intentionality time. So yeah, tell us how that happened and, and some things about that. I have no idea when we started that. <laughs> I think it was just a way, um, it was kind of twofold. <laughs> it was a way for Wes to have some time with the kids and it was for way, a way for me to have a break from <laughs> at least one child. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. It's just uh, I could give attention to some other kids while while one kid was off to lunch with Wes and he just rotated mm-hmm. through each kid. And when Facebook and social media started, that's, that was my tracking. Mm. So like, which one are we, we on? We would know whose <laughs> who's yeah. turn it was. But I mean, and, and, and people have said nice things about that, that they've known that we've done that. Sometimes we just went to go eat and there wasn't anything miraculous at all. Um, some of my kids are talkers. Some of them are, it's, it's work to get anything out of them. Mm. Sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it's about work. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes it's about my stuff. Sometimes it's about their stuff. It's kind of like when you go to breakfast or lunch with anybody, Mm -hmm. but there is something that a child wants in being with Mm -hmm. dad Mm -hmm. and, and with mom. Um, they were with Carrie more and that allowed me to have uh, some space to, to do that too. But my building blocks were the stuff that she was working on. Mm. So anyway, the, the the discipleship, and then sometimes we would, you know, kind of compare notes. You should talk to him about this. They need some dad time in, to yeah. discuss in Niles, yeah. Michigan. Benjamin, forget what age he was. I want you to tell me all the cuss words <laughs> and what they mean. And what Did they you mean. do it? We did. You know, I, I, you'll have to tell me later. But but what was interesting about that was his, his, his he had a good reason for it. He said, 
I'm on a soccer field yeah. and I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. And I want to know. I, I just love that anything, though. Do you see the safety he felt right. to ask right. his dad yeah. instead of, you know, a brother or somebody on the team? I, I, that's exactly what we're talking about. Right. It's mm-hmm. relational, um, discipleship mm-hmm. that opened that up, that made it safe yeah. for him to do that. And that took time. Yeah. If you didn't have the <laughs> we, time. We there. went to a movie not long after that. And we sat next to each other. And when they cussed, I was elbowing them. <laughs> it was funny. That's uh-huh. awesome. That's some of that like relational too. Just yeah. like they feel comfortable asking the question. And then and actually next on our next episode, we're gonna unpack a little bit more about that, what you guys are talking about, like the conversations you had around your parenting and what's so valuable about mom and dad. So we're gonna hit that next time we come together. Um, but I just wanted to encourage Carrie, tell us the name of your book one more time. It's called Together Growing Appetites for God. Kind of a long title, but but it's <laughs> but so fun. Yeah, it's the story. It kind of explains my story and where I came from. And then the story of us reading through scripture together and just how I saw God work through that process. What's cool and is it's the first reading we actually read multiple times, but it was our first, first one through. reading. Through I call the it the little book that could, because it's a, <laughs> it's a quick and short reach. You yeah. wrote it for young moms who were struggling. Yeah. And we have had moms that have come up to us after that book had been out for several years. And they said, I did what you did. Mm-hmm. I got my kids all the way through the word. Mm-hmm. I think that's been the most encouraging thing for me is a mom will come back around and say, um, you inspired that it could be done and you know i've said more than once if i can do it anyone can (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they just said we read through scripture and i that's was the reason why i wanted to share the book that's the reason i wanted to write it and so that's been the most encouraging thing to see someone come back around and and actually take hold of it and and do it and get in the word yeah so if you're a young mom listening to this i would highly recommend picking that book up together Growing appetites for God. Together, growing appetites <laughs> for God. Because I felt like we did it together. I yeah. felt like I yes. needed to grow mm. in my hunger for the Lord. And I felt like that was a process that was very much just as much for me. I learned so much from them and the questions and comments they had. And so it was as much for me as it was for them. And, and we did it together. I'd also just add that I don't think, I don't think they're too young ever to start mm. Um, sometimes you think, oh, I'll wait until they hit X age or I'll wait until they can sit still or I'll wait. And it can be short, but it can start now. I mean, mm-hmm. Ben was re- in a high chair. You were reading the R-rated parts to them. <laughs> I was edit- you didn't skip anything. I was editing. <laughs> I was editing on the fly. But... But she, she was really bad to him. He was yes. really bad to her. Well, you know, I really love that you didn't, you didn't read a children's Bible. You read scripture yeah. straight from a, a translation that you chose, but straight right. from scripture, you didn't right. use the kid version, which the kid version is still great, it but is, you were like, let's get let's the just, full. Yeah. Just and I did have to do some, edit. Maggie recently <laughs> said I should record and edit as I record <laughs> so that she could play it for her children. <laughs> I love but, that. But just that even if it's short, you can start early. Mm-hmm. I mean, Benjamin was in a high chair. Um, you can start early introducing them and God can speak. And I've seen it over and over again where they say things that just blow me away when they're very small. God can speak to them and, and he can use his word in them at very early age. Thanks for listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. 
If you found this episode helpful, we would love it if you'd share it with a friend and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you next time.